I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, and welcome to The Inner Beauty Code. I'm obsessed with all things personal growth, spirituality, human behavior, beauty, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and beyond. Join me as we uncover spiritual practices and practical tools for a more fulfilling and purposeful life, all while learning to strike that perfect balance between internal and external beauty. Get ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-exploration and self-improvement where strength, beauty, and transformation converge. Hi guys, I'm here with Siobhan and she is a personal trainer, a content creator, and a women's coach online. You coach women and men, right? No, just women, actually. Um, yeah, oh, it, I just decided to kind of stick with what I know. So I found like women were really struggling with body image and that's what I had gone through. And as I was learning, as I was going, I just realized there's no point in trying to be a jack of all trades and is going to stick with helping women who are mostly like who probably put in the effort with training and diet, but are not getting the results they want. Like that's kind of, and also then struggling with the the mindset side of it as well. So that's kind of where I've honed in on and it's going pretty well. Yeah. And I love that you love empowering women and helping them make better decisions with fitness, with food, because I know that I've struggled with that. And that's why I admire you so much. And I love your content. I love your mindset around it, like your outlook on fitness and just that there is no perfect way, right? I know you always say that, like, eat what you want, but just figure out in moderation. So tell me more about like, let's talk more about that. I want to know about everything your journey to before you were before you started this journey online and documenting, I want to know everything and then how you got to where you are now. Okay. So it's a long story. <laughs> um, so I'll try not to go waffle on too much. But so at the, I was growing up always was into fitness. You know, my parents used to run and play tennis and like, so I always wanted to go to the gym. And then as soon as I was old enough to go to the gym, I was in there, but I just didn't really know what I was doing. I was, you know, doing ab exercises and running on the treadmill and going on the cross trainer. And um, I, I think I, I kind of started to have a little bit of trouble with my body image as a teenager uh, without even realizing, you know, I think I was looking at the people around me and worried why I was the bigger friend. And of course, I knew nothing about nutrition. And I started doing like the special K diet or just not eating for periods of time. Like I had no idea. I knew I wanted to be skinnier, but just didn't know how to do it. And that kind of went on for a couple of years until I discovered Weight Watchers, which did get me really skinny, but also very malnourished. And uh, I was doing a lot of cardio and I was just like running. I was just like doing exercise to earn points to eat, which is just not a healthy way. It probably looked like I was, you know, doing really well. And I was a great success every week when the scales was going down. But like I was quite unhealthy and developing probably unhealthy behaviors with food and exercise. Um, and then I became, or well, it's a long story, but I eventually discovered a bit of resistance training and what it was doing for my body. I was really impressed. Like I really, I was like, oh, this is how you get in shape. And I, long story short, I decided to become a personal trainer after having a little bit of a quarter life crisis when I was about 25. And becoming a personal trainer really helped me 
like it made it obviously taught me a lot more about nutrition and well the very basics of it but even in terms of calories in calories out that was a a new concept for me um well not even I mean I kind of understood that but then when I became a personal trainer I understood the benefits of resistance training and lifting weights and uh, fueling my training and I started sharing this message online because I was like oh my god I've cracked it like I finally I got myself into what I thought was relatively good shape you know like I had abs and this is someone who struggled their whole life you know up to that well till I was 25 26 and I just wanted to help other people remove the frustration and so I've started sharing this journey of lifting you know deadlifting and still eating what I wanted in moderation and it was actually going really well I felt great in myself and I just wanted to share that message but then I did a bodybuilding competition in 2017 and that really it changed a lot for me because it, it taught me a lot about the discipline needed to get absolutely shredded, which also made me realize it's not really worth it. <laughs> but it was fine. It was something I wanted to do at the time. I needed a goal. and But then after that, I really, really struggled with my body image and definitely had disordered eating habits. I was binge eating. I was hating the way I looked, even though I was probably the leanest I've ever been. And it taught me a lot about the mindset and how like it's not it's not the size of your body that matters or it's not the shape of your body it's your attitude towards it Mm -hmm. and over the next couple of years I then started training for performance like before that my training was always like even when I was resistance training I was enjoying it but it was the goal was always to change the shape of my body Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when I started doing CrossFit and Muay Thai and eventually Jiu Jitsu I realized I just had this new respect for my body and nutrition kind of tied in getting better with that because I was then eating to fuel my training. And then I, you know, I respected food a lot more. I realized that when you eat well and eat a lot, that you feel great, you train well. And then, you know, I ended up looking good as well, you know, again, subjectively. So I've kind of, that's, that's a very, very short summary of like the last 10 years, but I just sort of help other people get to that mindset that I'm in, in, in that, you know, like respecting my body. And that means training well, eating well, but also having good balance as well. You know, like I like to drink, I like to eat, you know, like I like pizza, I will eat all that. And, you know, I want to, I like showing that it can be, it can all be done as part of a healthy, balanced lifestyle where mental health and mindset, uh, an important factor aspect of it as well. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. And I love that. And I love that you went through that journey because I think a lot of people, and you know, it's interesting for me to CrossFit was the first time that I ever really understood body composition, how just because a scale says something doesn't mean that you're fit. And it's more about like, how much muscle do you have? How conditioned is your body to be able to perform for you? Like you said, versus looking a certain way, because I realized, wow, I could be X amount of kilo or pounds and look way better than I do when I'm less than what the scale was saying at a higher number. Yes. And that changed everything for me. So, and yeah, um, the mindset is everything around it. Cause you, cause you would binge eat, beat yourself up, then starve yourself, then give up, then go in this vicious cycle round and round and round. That's what I, I did too. So it really resonated with me when I started, when I, met you and (laughs) learned about how your journey 
also inspired so many other people. And it's like very brave to put yourself out there too. So let I want to know a little bit about you putting yourself out there, talking about it to other people, because there's a lot of shame and a lot of like guilt and um, stuff that goes around we do to ourselves and we feel from other people. So I think it's awesome that you put it out there too. So I want to hear about that. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I didn't really know. I didn't think it would happen. This wasn't the plan, you know, to... Become like the the dirty word is influencer, and I recall I think uh, content mm-hmm. creator now. Um, but I, yeah, no, originally it was just uh, a method to advertise my personal training services. Like when I was becoming a PT, I was leaving my corporate job, and I was like, "How am I going to make a career out of this?" And Instagram was only kicking off. It was around 2015, and there was very few women in Ireland lifting weights on Instagram. Uh, and again, I think I was just being, you know, I always, it's the same with Instagram now. Like you have to feel like you have to be doing something kind of impressive or different to get attention and what I was doing was no cardio lifting heavy weights and getting lean and looking lean and this is a time when everyone was still obsessed with the scales I used to talk about whatever weight I was and people were like no way you don't look that heavy and I'm like I was always trying to change that perception of a scale weight or the scales going down equals better health because a lot of the time, I mean, some, obviously sometimes it can be and sometimes it can't. It's just not, it's just not a way of measuring health or fitness or body composition. And I'm still, I feel like nearly eight years later, I'm still banging my head off the wall trying to convince people that they shouldn't be using the scales as progress. Um, but again, so like people were seeing my dramatic transformation pictures and were like, wow, how do I do that? So I started, you know, I really was sharing it to try and help people and obviously for the business it was really good as well I was really busy with personal training and then I realized that that I could do online coaching as well and I had that at the back of my head online coaching wasn't really a thing back then even in Ireland I don't know about America or whatever but it was like I always had this goal of being able to travel so it was something I really wanted to do and I realized I had an audience from all over the world. So I started that business doing online coaching and it meant that I could help way more people for a fraction of the price. And uh, it meant I could enjoy my life as well. So everything was going really well, especially online. I mean, I was gathering followers again, again, because I was just genuinely wanting to help people. But I suppose I, looking back now, some of the stuff, like some of the habits I had and some of the things I was sharing, like it definitely was a bit, like I've definitely changed my messaging. Like I don't use transformation pictures anymore. I think there's a lot of, um, like you don't know what's going on behind them. You don't know, like I talk about the scales not being a measure of health. You know, a physical transformation isn't a measure of health either because even looking at my bodybuilding competition, you know, the transformation pictures look really dramatic and I got absolutely shredded. But health is not just your body composition. It, you know, your mental health is important. We praise a lot of people for losing weight when we don't know what's going on in their lives. They could be severely stressed. They could be using unhealthy behaviors to lose weight. And by praising, by praising those transformations, we could be reiterating that these unhealthy behaviors are good. My messaging online has changed a lot. Like I've changed a lot over the years. I've always tried to learn as much as I can and be, you know, as I always say, when you know better, you do better. And it's it's happened to my coaching as well, especially like when I started and I was 25, 26. And I'm like, yeah, it's easy. You just count your calories and train. Like, why can't everyone get lean? Um, but obviously I realized that it's, you know, most people's lives are a little bit more complicated. They have a lot more going on than the 25 year old PT. And, uh, but that's helped me so much, like realizing that 
there's a lot more to life has helped my, me and my coaching, my coaching business, I suppose, evolve and help people in a more realistic way over the years. And, and sharing it online, I, there's been a lot of pushback, you know, there's been a lot of criticism, but I think the benefits have always outweighed the negatives. So I've pushed on with it. There's been so many great opportunities to like work with brands and work with people and share, like keep sharing the business, which has given me a good life of freedom and been able to travel and do whatever I want. And so the online space, I think it's really difficult, but I think I was very early to the game. Like, I think I was lucky that I just got ahead of the game. Like, I think if I was doing it now, like if people saw my profile now, they'd just see like a, a regular person, you know, it's not, I'm not doing anything dramatic. If anything, I'm trying to show that doing it a dramatic way is not ideal. Like a big thing I talk about is consistency over perfection because it's the aim for perfection that mess a lot of people up. As you said, like if you're too restrictive, it normally results in overeating and can end up in a calorie surplus. Whereas if we're just more consistent, it balances out. But it's very hard to change from that perfection, which a lot of women do. They're very, you know, driven and hardworking, which means they are so, can be so restrictive with their nutrition, which then puts a lot of stress on the body. If you're under, if you're consistently under eating and overtraining, it's very stressful in the body, which is not good for your health. And, and also it's unsustainable because the body will naturally cry out for more food. And when you do eventually overeat because your body needs it, that can result in a lot of negative self-talk and we blame ourselves. We then think that we have no discipline and what then what, you know, we try harder. And like a lot of my, a lot of my coaching is getting women to eat more, like so that they have, that they just, they're not hungry going into the evenings, going into the weekends, going onto their holidays. It's like, okay, we can still be in a calorie deficit, but it just has to be a, a little bit less restrictive. And then you can make more rational decisions. Like you just don't make rational decisions when you're hungry. And that, that's the, the position I like to try and get people to, um, yeah, so that's the message I'm sharing online, which can be quite confusing sometimes. Like you might see me sounding like I'm anti-diet sometimes. I'm, you know, it might sound like I talk about calories a lot. Uh, it's quite mixed messaging, but I, you know, it, it's just trying to show that there is a middle ground, I suppose. Yeah, and there's not just one aspect you need to look at. It's a combination of many things. And what, when you were talking, what, came to mind is a the mindset of things which I want to come back to but like you said when you're restricting calories and you're beating yourself up like when you're really looking at the food that you're eating and you're in it like you're being mindful about it and you're choosing things to fuel your body and not just because I did Weight Watchers as well. And so I would like save up all my calories or all my points for that cheeseburger but then you realize okay then Sometimes your mm -hmm. mind can say, oh, crap, you already ate that cheeseburger. Now it's all over. You're done for the day. Let's screw it. Let's just have the pizza and the ice cream and have a drink going out. Yeah. You know, it's like easy to go down that slippery slope. Or it's like when you start learning how to eat better and being mindful of it with someone like you, with your help, having you explain this or showing women or getting them to try eating this the way where you're realizing you can have a lot more food if the calories are nutritious or you're eating a lot more things that are lower calories, right? That fill you up more than say a piece of pizza does eating like a whole plate of veggies and protein will give you more longevity throughout the day and make you feel less hungry and give you more energy than eating something bad. That was really something that was like an aha moment for me when I started realizing how my body 
yeah. is changing. And then going back to what you said about mindset yeah. and this whole thing, I think women, especially probably men do this. I, I can't say because I'm not a man, but I know, you know, from speaking, I, I'm a makeup artist. So I've worked intimately with women too. And a lot of, you hear women's insecurities, you hear the pain behind the reasoning why people have problems with their weight or problems with the way that they look. And I think oftentimes people tend to, or women tend to have this idealized fantasized version of their perfect self in their minds. And if they don't live up to that version of themselves, whether it's because you're comparing yourself to someone else or other people, or it's just like, if only I was this weight and had bigger boobs and skinnier thighs, this, this is what would make me happy. Or this is like the destination to get to, to get things that I want in life. I think we have this little image of ourselves. And like you said, you'll, you'll punish yourself or you'll, you'll go back and kind of self-sabotage and start the negative self-talk when you're not living up to that idealized version of yourself and working with so many women, like what are the challenges that you've seen without, you know, giving too many intimate details about your clients, but you know, what are some things that women struggle with (laughs) that you see? (laughs) Yeah. I like definitely unrealistic ideals. So for example, like they, they might even have, they might even want to be old versions of themselves. You know, they might say, Oh, I want to get back to like my pre-pregnancy weight or last summer or pre COVID I was this weight or I was this size. And what I, what I like to do is get them to set realistic goals. So I might look at, I might ask them questions like, what was your lifestyle like then? Or, you know, like even people say, oh, during COVID, I lost loads of weight. And then, you know, when things opened back up, I put back on loads of weight. And I was the same. Like I, I actually lost a lot of weight during uh, the first lockdown because because I was doing nothing, right? So I try to remind them that what, like it, it's, I, as I said, it's always about making informed decisions. So like they know, they I want them to understand what it takes to get that lean and then also being very clear on their values and what's important to them and, and seeing if they line up. Say I have a goal of losing whatever kilos or, you know, centimeters or whatever by a certain time, but I'm also clear on my values of family time and maybe even, which, you know, could be having nice meals every week or going out for drinks and making that informed decision, knowing that, okay, I can't actually get that lean if I want to have these values as well. And that results in people, people having acceptance around where they're at now or where they're going to be. Yeah. Again, that takes time to teach people. So I have to get people clear on their values. I then have to get them Tracking their calories, even roughly, because a lot of the time people think they're having a certain amount of calories and then they'll, I'll tell them to eat, like, for example, to pull some numbers out. I might say, okay, I need you to eat 2,400. And they're like, oh God, no, I normally eat 1,800 when I'm dieting. And I'm like, yeah, but when you're dieting is the key word there. We're looking at like a lifestyle here. And so we need to look at what you have when you're not dieting and actually average that out. And then learning, it takes a couple of weeks, but learning then... You want to have the most amount of calories while in a calorie deficit to optimize for your health and performance and everything. Fat loss is a goal as well. So once they then understand that and they've got, they know then how to fuel their body, then it's like, okay, like if you see the rate of change in your body, then you can decide, do you want to speed up that change, which would mean lower calories or higher activity? And is it safe? Is it safe and healthy to do so? And so it's about, it's, it's complicated, but it's, 
it, it's making informed decisions. Obviously, we have to discourage sometimes. Some people are very unrealistic. Like even I remember speaking to a client and she was like, I want to get back to this size. And I said, describe your life at the time. And she said she was training weights and boxing every day and not eating carbs. And she got to that size. And I was like, okay, well, do you want to do that again? And, uh, you know, if she said yes, I probably would have very much discouraged her, but she was like, no, I don't. So I was like, okay, well, that's practice acceptance that you're not going to be that size unless you're going to do these really unhealthy behaviors. And instead, let's just focus on being the best version of yourself now, which might mean a slight calorie deficit every day so that you can enjoy your life, enjoy your food. There might be times where you come out of a calorie deficit when, you know, for a diet break to make sure that you're looking after your health and your body's not getting too, under too much stress. And like looking at your lifestyle as well, like, you know, again, have, chasing the body in your 20s when you're in your 30s and you have different priorities. It could be a case that you're, you have very difficult work goals that you need to work on. And that's a value as well. So it's managing your goals with your values which this is where the mindset work comes in. Like I have people journaling every day where, you know, you kind of mentioned it as well, like the dichotomous thinking with dieting used to be like, oh, I had a good day or a bad day. And I used to be the same. You're like, oh, I had pizza last night with my family. I feel so fat. Like these kind of things you write down. But when you journal on it, you can, you see these thoughts and you realize they're irrational. And I also, because I'd be clear on my values of more family time, especially after I did the bodybuilding competition where I let, you know, dieting took over my life, I then changed my values to, you know, quality time with my family, having more fun, having more freedom. And then I didn't feel bad for going out for dinner with my family. You know, but you can also reflect on these things and realize that, okay, yes, I had dinner with my family, but maybe I didn't need to have the full pizza or maybe without, without being really critical of yourself or negative self-talk, you'd be, you can just reframe it to what you might do differently next time. Mm-hmm. So you might think, okay, maybe I didn't need the pizza and the garlic bread. Maybe I'll, next time I'll go out for pizza and just have half, you know, maybe I did eat a little bit more than was comfortably or like past the point of comfort or comfortably full. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of mindful eating. You know, it's kind of reflecting on your eating, taking your time, not, you know, thinking, is this good? Is this bad? It's like, what does my body need? Sometimes it's pizza, sometimes it's protein, sometimes it's fiber. And not thinking food as good or bad in a dichotomous way. It's like, okay, what does my body need? How will I give my body respect? Then sometimes you do, like sometimes you go out and you'll have your pizza and your ice cream and you'll feel uncomfortably full. But the next day then it's like, okay, maybe I'm not that hungry. And but and this is where like different methods can be healthy or unhealthy, depending on the mindset where, you know, like I spoke about not restricting yourself after eating a lot, but it could be a case that you're genuinely not hungry in the, the next morning or like even say you have a pastry mid-morning and then it gets to lunchtime and you realize you're not that hungry and you might have some a smaller meal but it's not out of it's not out of a place of guilt or that or you know restriction it's just that you're able to listen to your hunger levels now and this is where consistency over perfection is more important because there could be a case where you have a pastry mid-morning and then you realize you've messed up your diet (laughs) i'm using inverted commas then you're like okay screw it for the rest of the day and this is where the perfectionism can actually lead you to being in a calorie surplus rather than just getting on with your day and going, okay, do you know what? Maybe I don't need rice at my lunch because I'm not that hungry because I had a pastry mid-morning. And it's that takes practice. Liz, I always say like a hunger level of one to 10 where you don't want to let yourself go below below a four or above a seven or like that's an ideal situation. So like if you're hung, if you're a one or two, you'd be ravenous and you'll eat anything. 
So it's making sure that you're eating regularly and understanding nutrition, like understanding the benefits of having lots of colorful veg and high protein and fats and carbs are important too. And because then you can make informed decisions. It's not just good food, bad food. It's different. And, you know, pizza is important too. (laughs) Yeah. And I think why I like hearing you speak about these things so much is because a lot of what you're saying is what has worked for me in the past. And like you said, if you want to go out, like for me making those little adjustments, like, okay, if I know I want to go out and have pizza or or go out and have drinks, I'm going to make sure I eat the salad first (laughs) or eat the veggies first before I eat the pizza. That's just something that was working for me and knowing like, Hey, I feel good because I gave my body the nutrition before I ate the pizza. And then you're already like a little bit more full and it'll prevent you from, you know, if you're listening to your hunger metrics in your body, you're not going to shovel an entire pizza into your mouth after you've eaten a salad because your stomach already has food in it. So yeah, I, I love that. Before we talk about the furnace, I want to just ask you a question about what do you believe has made you confident over the years? Because even if you don't believe it, whether where, where you're at with your confidence, when I look at you and when I see you and I know you as a person, I feel like you're very comfortable like with your body, with who you are. And I want to know what do you think are Thank you. some key things <laughs> that have worked for you or have helped you? I, I'm all about body acceptance and accepting yourself. And I've heard heard you say that during when you talk. And I think that's a key component to like a, the beginning of a journey of self-love. Like really loving yourself is accepting yourself. So something like that, what do you feel has been extremely helpful? Because I know a lot of women struggle with this and you and I have both been there. So if we can help, what would be your advice to other women about self-love, acceptance? What has helped you feel more confident? I think showing up, just showing up as myself, even when I really didn't feel great. For example, post-competition, when I felt fat and I was embarrassed at how much weight I had gained, which which I hadn't really gained that much. I still showed up and I, and I think that really helped. Like I was posting pictures online, no matter how terrible I felt, but that really helped me because for my confidence, people were like, oh my God, you look amazing. Blah, blah. And I was like, do I? I was like, I thought. So online, it was always about like, just no matter what size I was, just post, like just showing where I was at the time rather than hiding myself until I got, say, back to where I thought I wanted to be. So like online that way. But then even in real life, I think, and especially being in Ireland, we, a lot of women don't see women in bikinis except for online because, you know, the weather here is terrible. They think that when they get into a bikini, they have to look like these bikini models that are are all over Instagram because even though Instagram just shows the most dramatic, you know, pictures and transformations and all that. But I think traveling and being in all these different countries and on the beaches all the time, I realized that there was always people of all different sizes around me. And, but, and I just show up, I'd go to the beach all the time and I just wear whatever bikini and, you know, I just felt comfortable. Whereas years ago, like even as a teenager, getting ready to go on holidays in Ireland was like the big diet had to happen. You're getting ready to be to get shown in a bikini for the first time all year. And because all you've seen are these models, it's like you had to diet down 
so hard just to be just to get that one picture to put on Facebook so that everyone can tell you you look good even though they'll tell you you look good no matter what size you are and that dramatic dieting then of course led to holidays where I was just eating all around me then because I and then I would feel terrible coming home and then the diet had to start again confidence came from just being myself and not pretending to be anything different and realizing that people accepted me as I am But that is really hard for someone to do if they don't have the confidence. You know, I see women who won't even show up online without a filter. And like, these are the most beautiful women I follow, you know, and I see them and I'm like, I can't believe that you won't be seen without a filter because I know that if you just showed up as yourself, people would still tell you you look great, but you will gain more from that because you're showing up as yourself and not as this filtered version of yourself. Looking back now, especially as when I'm heavily pregnant, like looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I thought I looked big there. Even, even in times where I felt confident, you know, even just pre-pregnancy, I, I felt great. But I think, yeah, I just need to, just showing up whatever you, way you are, no matter what it is, people are kind. And, it, and I think we owe it to other women to show up as ourselves and not try and paint this perfect picture. And that's what I've always tried to do. I've been anti-filter my whole, well, I mean, I don't know, the last few years anyway, because I've realized how damaging it is when one of my best friends wouldn't show. And I was like, you are absolutely stunning. And if you think that you can't be seen without a filter, what message is that giving to all your followers? And like that came with resistance. You know, she was like, no, it's just, you know, I just like how the filters look. But now she'll never be seen with a filter. And I'm, it's kind of hard. It's, you know, it's that kind of, we need to show up. We need to challenge each other. We need to praise each other for the way we look and not just... Not, and we, we have to be careful as well. Like what I was saying earlier about be careful about praising uh, women for the size of their body or the shape of their body because we don't know what it actually entails. So I'm I'm very aware of that now. Like I try not to just be like, oh my god, you look amazing. It's more about like, hey, oh my god, you look like you're having a great time. Or uh, rather than talking about what they look like in their bikini, mm-hmm. it's more about who they are as a person or seeing how they're performing or I don't know like finding new ways to praise people but I think if you want to do anything about your own confidence it's just show up as you are and realize that people will accept you and then it makes it easier to accept yourself yeah like start telling the truth about yourself instead of trying to like because I think what you were saying too is like we're our own worst critic and we create these stories and beliefs in our head that other people are thinking about us and going to say about us if we don't filter ourselves or we don't yeah. show up because we don't feel we look up to the standard that we need to be. So yeah, I love that. And looking back at your old photos and things like that on Instagram, it, that totally makes sense for your journey of throughout your ups and downs with your weight and showing up online. And it's just very refreshing to have someone showing up without showing up as is it's it's really nice because there are there's so much out there that's very confusing nowadays and things that you know I didn't grow up with social media and and I'm sure you didn't for most of your life like it is now it can be very damaging the comparison game so keep doing what you're doing there's a lot of benefits to it but there's a lot of um a lot of, I don't know, uh, like there's a lot of negatives to it, especially for young people, I think, growing up. Like, I, as you said, we are probably the generation that has done both, you know, where we have had no social media and then have been deep in it and see the difference. And yeah, the future, I mean, I've, it's bleak. There's, you know, these levels of perfection that social media is 
showing I just I don't know how I just do not want to be a young girl again yeah and it's not real and that's the the sad part it's all manufactured so the more people can be real the hopefully we can hang on to it a little bit longer the realness <laughs> and then I want to know can you just tell everyone about your program about the furnace what you offer yeah so as I said it's uh... I've, I've tried to keep it as like an educational thing. As I said, I like to empower women uh, so that they are informed, make their own decisions. It's not like a diet plan and a training program and you just do this and this is what happens. It's, it's nutrition training and mindset. So it's educating women on nutrition, showing them how to do resistance training, gym, home workouts, whichever, or like even if it means doing something else like jujitsu, like performance stuff. It's about teaching you to respect for your body. And the mindset section is really important. This is where, you know, we're journaling on like what you said, like how we we are so such tough critics of ourselves. And it's trying to learn or trying to teach people to be kinder to themselves, to like speak, you know, write it down and be like, if I would I say this to my best friend, if not why am I saying it to myself? And yeah, it's a 12 week program and it's low cost. That's the other thing. Like I've been lucky enough that I have enough, you know, lots of followers that I can keep it low cost, high volume. So helping as many people as I can. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's next or like I'm I'm about to have a baby. Um, And I think I might start doing more individual coaching on the mindset side of it, like more one-to-one. But I don't know when that will be. It'll be whenever I get my life back in order after the baby. But that's about it for me, I think. And speaking of pregnancy, I know that you are posting it on your page. So any women out there that are pregnant that maybe want some guidance or, I mean, everyone has to do what's best for their body and and being pregnant, I can imagine is a very individual thing per person, but you've worked out through your entire pregnancy, you've been active and you look amazing. Some people can use it as a time to eat whatever they want and, you know, do whatever they want, but it's, you you have stayed true. Oh, I've been doing that as well. I've been doing that as well. (laughs) But you look great. I mean, you haven't put on a hundred pounds is my point or 50 kilo. So what have been working for you? I've actually, I don't know how I haven't because I've been eating so much. I've been eating a lot. Talk about listening to my hunger levels. I'm also like it's I'm not in a not in a negative way like not as I said not like binging or anything that I've done before it's more of a like comfort thing or I'm just kind of enjoying being like yeah I don't care if I put on my you know like my goals and values are different like I don't care about being lean so I'm gonna eat that pizza or crisps or whatever but obviously I also have the values of health and you know like the health of the baby in in my the back of my head so I eat I, I try eat meals that are nutrient dense but then at the same time if I want ice cream after I have it I've obviously been training but not to the same intensity I've just been doing CrossFit but everything scaled nice and easily and I don't know like to be honest I've put on probably I think about 17 kilos now which is I don't know maybe 40 pounds but I'm actually quite surprised like and I've, I I would naturally be a bigger like a I put on weight quite easily normally. I'm surprised that I don't look bigger, which I'm, I don't know, I'm going to reflect back and I don't know how, because I feel like I'm moving less and eating more. I'm, it might hit me after. I'm not too fussed. But I think even the, even the fact that I'm so, I like, I'm so accepting of it all. Like I don't mind whatever happens to my body after. I think it shows how much I've changed over the years. Like I used to think I'd never want to have kids because I didn't want to get pregnant because I didn't want to get fat. Like, whereas now I have so much respect for what my body is doing and I'm, you know, whatever happens afterwards, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, you know, people talk about bouncing back and I like, I'm excited to be able to perform again, to be able to 
you know, have my body to myself to be able to train hard and, and do all the things that I used to love doing. But I'm also very aware that my nutrition might not be on point because I am not just looking after myself anymore. So I don't know what will happen, but I think I'm in a good place mentally. And that's, I suppose, the most important thing. That is one of my biggest fears too about getting pregnant. So I'm glad you said that and glad to see your journey through this. And I have other friends too that have stayed active and it's been very helpful for them. But one thing I sure do miss you in jujitsu and I miss you here in London. So maybe we'll get to do jujitsu someday in the future after the baby comes. Yes, I will be back. I will be back. Perfect. Okay, Siobhan, um, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Is there anything else spiritual, mental, emotional? Uh, spiritual, mental, I don't know. I suppose it's just being kind to yourself. <laughs> Siobhan, thank you so much for being on the Inner Beauty Code today. We loved having you. And if anyone wants to find you, where can they find you on social media? So my Instagram is shiv, S-I-O-B-H dot O'Hagan. That's pretty much it. Or the furnace.ie is my website. And thank you so much for having me on. It was a great chat. You're welcome. And we'll put all your information in the show notes. Okay. Bye, Siobhan. Bye. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode. Info will be in the show notes, but the Inner Beauty Code podcast is available on all major listening platforms. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So if there are any other topics you want to hear about, DM at Inner Beauty Code on Instagram. See you next time. And remember, unlocking the code to your inner beauty is always within your reach.